Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Well, friend, today marks a milestone. We are going to finish the book of Ecclesiastes. This has indeed been a powerful study, one that was timely, one that was inspirational, one that's made a difference in my life, and I hope it has also made a difference in yours. I told you that coming out of the pandemic, there was a lot of people who were contemplating their life, their priorities, their values, because for a season, all of the money, all of the success, all of the measurements were temporarily destabilized that we as Americans, we as human beings like to fill our lives with and define ourselves with. And coming out of that destabilization, this study lets us know what does it look like in a naturalistic worldview? What does it look like to only equate our life and our success and our legacy within the bounds of the temporal, the earthly, the here and now. What was very valuable about this book is we got to see it from King Solomon's perspective. The author was someone we would all aspire to be, someone who we relate to, someone of great intelligence, pedigree, wealth, culture, romance, everything that we would want he had. But his catchphrase throughout this entire book was vanity and meaninglessness. In the trilogy of King Solomon in the Old Testament, you have you have the Song of Songs, which is young and passionate. You have Proverbs, which is wisdom. And then you have Ecclesiastes written towards the end of his life, viewing his life with a larger perspective. We as readers not only get to experience his wisdom but also the divine revelation that then brings this whole book into perspective. We, on the one hand, see the limitations of Solomon's great wisdom, power, and influence, but we then also see it turns and points to something greater, something that Solomon acknowledges as greater than himself, and the only thing that can really give purpose and meaning in this life, and that is God. Today, we're going to finish up chapter 12. Last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast as he reflected on his youth, whether we're adults raising youth and how we interact with that and encourage them and equip them and disciple them. Also, that passage, if you are a youth, if you are a young person, realizing that enjoy your youth, but also understand that you are can live with purpose and meaning even at a young age. And in so doing, you get the opportunity to make a meaningful impact for a longer period of time and spare yourself a lot of pain and heartache that many people experience. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode from last week. As we now complete the book of Ecclesiastes, I'm going to move us from youth into the opposite, into that last chapter of life. This is the period of time that Solomon is drawing from. The latter years of his life, the regrets and the perspective that you get in older age, 
And it reminds me of the fact that I've met many people in my life who faced their final life chapter with fear and regret. And friend, that is not what I want for you. That fear and that regret happens when someone takes stock of their life. And many times the things that they were proud of, the things that they defined themselves with, the things that they leaned on to convince themselves that they had lived a meaningful and exciting life, many times are left wanting and dissatisfying. Because friend, at the end of our life journey, we learn the only meaning is God. With that, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 9 through 14. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly mixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So my friends, this concludes Ecclesiastes, and we see the wisdom of Solomon. And in many cases, this passage is a recapitulation of the entire book. We're seeing how he brings back certain themes of why am I here? What am I doing? How are we as pilgrims between Eden and heaven supposed to live? Where do our values come from? How do we live purposely in this life when there's so much to distract us? Chapter by chapter, we've seen Solomon wrestle with the temptations, the distractions, and the folly and the foolishness of this life, each time deciding they were lacking and that he needed something more. And in this final passage, he talks about what that is. It is about living a life pleasing to God, fearing God, keeping his commandments, understanding where we fit in this life. When we put ourselves first, when we chase after things that are meaningless, we're going to find misery and foolishness. When we live our lives with a higher purpose, seeking after God, living a life pleasing to him, following his directions, we live a life of purpose and meaning, satisfaction, and live a life not only fulfilled, but one of confidence knowing that what awaits us is wonderful. And that last chapter, instead of one of dread, can be one of anticipation and hope and grace. So my friend, as we look at this passage, we see how he has broken down life under the sun, under the sun being a metaphor for the things that happen in this world, the earth, the pursuit of pleasure, wisdom, life, existence, popularity. Many of us have been asked from a young age, what's your dream? Wanting an abundance, wanting to bend the rules, wanting to be the center of our own universe. And friend, over and over and over throughout this book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon has shown how that is fruitless. 
that under the sun is limited because we cannot see what God sees. Therefore, we have to trust him, follow scripture, and let him define our life and our purpose. In the last part of chapter 12, he refers to the vanity of the life under the sun. We see how living from solely from an earthly perspective is empty. And we see then at the very, very tail end, literally the last few verses of this amazing book, we get down to it. Fear God, follow his commandments, because everything will come to judgment. Now, when I say that, that means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Some people see that as incredibly negative and scary. But friend, God is making all things right and making all things new. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. And friend, that's not about being mean. That is about being just. God is all love, but he's also all holy. Therefore, it is right for God to make all things new, to hold us accountable, and to restore his creation. 1 Peter 4.17 says, For it is a time of judgment to begin at the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? There's this misconception in our culture that we are the protagonists in the story, we are the center of the universe, and nothing can be further from the truth. Friend, the most important way I can end this book is, do you know God? Do you have a relationship with God? Have you repented of your sins? Are you a Christian? Because, friend, we cannot save ourselves. Even though the book talks about keeping God's commands, which are good, it begins with our understanding of our own sinfulness and our own lostness and our need for God. Without that realization, we are doomed. Only God can save us. It is by grace through faith in Christ that we come to faith, plus nothing. We bring nothing of value to this relationship. We bring nothing of merit into our salvation. But friend, the good news is that God so loved us that Christ died on the cross, rose from the dead, and in him we have hope. He did that to pay the penalty for our death and give us new life in him so that when we reach the end of our life, as Solomon is describing here. We don't reach that milestone with anxiety or fear or dread, but with hope and expectation, not only that God has us and we don't have to fear, but also the understanding that we get to be with him and that we should spend our life being grateful for the grace we've received, sharing that with others so that they in turn can experience that same grace. Friend, if we ignore God, we reap his judgment. And so I encourage you to make that decision today. Resist the temptation to get wrapped up in the temporal when the eternal is right in front of us. So friend, I want you to think about how you can apply this book of Ecclesiastes to your life. Take stock of yourself. Are you living for God or are you living for yourself? Are you living for the here and now, or are you living for something greater? I appreciated John Piper's perspective on this. He entitled this, The Perplexity of Providence. And as he was looking at the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, 
Whichever direction you take to find resolution in the book of Ecclesiastes, we know for certain that under God's wisdom and his inspiration of Scripture, the message of Ecclesiastes is not contrary to the glorious God of all-embracing, all-pervasive, and all-wise providence. In this book, God is God, man is man, one is infinite, one is finite, one is all-knowing and all-governing, one is ignorant of millions and millions of things that God is doing at any given moment, which is why things can look so perplexing. In other words, providence is designed not only to provide our souls with peace in God's rule and wisdom and goodness, but also designed to provide perplexity and humility and to point us away from ourselves to a Savior. I could not have said that any better. It takes us away from ourselves. It moves us from trusting our own fallible, limited, frankly wrong perspectives and trusting in an all-knowing, all-powerful, all-sovereign God who has us in his hands. Friends, as we wrap up this book of Ecclesiastes, that is my prayer, that you will lean on God, that you will seek your definition and your purpose through him, that if you've not yet done so, you will give your life to Christ and receive his grace and live the rest of your life, not only with the assurance that God has got you, but also that God can use you in a way that will give your life purpose and meaning regardless of your circumstances. Friend, I'm so glad you could join me today. I'm so grateful that we had this chance to study the book of Ecclesiastes together. Next week, we have a special interview. I look forward to that conversation. And then we're gonna enter into the holiday season with Thanksgiving and the season of Advent. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. Thanks for joining me today, and I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.